Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Well, why don't you start us up? We can start it up. Start it up. Boom. Here we go, folks. Episode 23. Dave. Yeah. What you got going on this week? Well, I'm currently uh, healing up from uh, some severe sunburn. Yes, you did. I'm peeling as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a decent weekend. I spent uh, I spent my weekend in class getting my Maryland uh, concealed permit. You graduated high school finally. Good yep. job. Yep. Way to go. The, the rules here in Maryland are a little strict for guns, so... Uh, they finally kind of opened it up, so we had to. It involves a two-day course, and then you have to do a shooting, you know, shooting course. So um, I was able to get that passed, and nice. I can now strap. The dude um, is packing heat. Packing heat, and then uh, what else I got going on? Um, this Saturday, today's Wednesday, so Saturday. Uh, this is also an update for everybody that's been following along. Mm-hmm. Me and TJ are heading to the farm, and we're pulling our tissue samples. Hmm. So we got uh, some areas that we didn't spray with micronutrients. So that's just going to be clover. And we have other areas that we spray with micronutrients. So we're going to mm-hmm. be testing, you know, co- you know, comparing the two. Yeah. So he's coming up. We're going to do that. And then we're going to be planting uh, our incognito and doing a few things around the farm. Yeah, nice. So, and then TJ, will, I'll show him around the new farm he hasn't been there yet and uh he's going to come up during rifle season again and uh hopefully get his first buck mm. what do you got going on over there i have this week i took the cultivators out and i broke up the ground everywhere that i had uh, screening in last year and some of those places i'm going to replicate the screen mm-hmm. and uh blank off some areas with the screening coming up soon but not this weekend this weekend is the youtube rendezvous over in clarion Mm. there's going to be other youtube creators meeting over there Mm -hmm. uh last year it was over 20 creators there and this year they're expecting probably around 30. i went with you one time yes he did guess what i'm taking to eat i'm making food you're taking deer burgers no i'm gonna make sloppy joe out of bear meat oh there you go i made it last year and it was a huge hit so i held back a couple pond uh from my bear two years ago Mm. and i'm gonna make it again it was requested it was requested that i make it again i was getting ready to ask you if if any of them guys have had bear but i guess they have they did last year but a lot of time it was a lot of the first times for for those folks and they're not all hunters the people Mm. that come from you know to this rendezvous yeah yeah like some of them are like hikers and uh preppers and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh one, actually the the woman that actually asked me to do it you know she does reviews and all this stuff and she's like chris you gotta bring those sloppy joes again those were great so i said you know what for you i'm gonna make them again so that's just saturday yeah, well, Friday night, Saturday, and then they'll all bust out on Sunday morning. But so you're spending the night? No, no, oh. it's uh, you know, well, you was there. It's like 
I can get there within a half hour. Yeah. So I'll Same be spot, right? Yeah, I'll I'll be in and out, you know, a couple times on Saturday. Cool. Just seeing who's there and eating a little bit, and then I, I think I think we're gonna be going live and giving away some stuff. And that's cool. So yeah, it'll be be a fun time. You uh, you mowed your clover, or you did you spray? I did what not. I, I did spray. I did spray this week. I did with Imox. Yep. Okay. I sprayed with Imox. What's today? Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, I sprayed eight days ago. I did it last Monday. Okay. Yeah, I I, we haven't caught up much on stuff. I haven't talked to you much. Yeah. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see some wilting and yellowing and stuff like that. Imox takes a little while. Yeah, 12, 15 days you'll see it. I was going to say, it takes about two weeks before you see some meltdown. But the clover looks fine still. Uh we're just barely getting some dew in the mornings. It's so, so dry. Oh, yeah. It's horrible here. You know, but we're, we got some rain expected, possibly a chance on Saturday and next Tuesday. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, it was like four or five days in a row out western PA there. They're, they're calling for rain next week. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I got I to gotta get this Egyptian weed in and get TJ up there this Saturday because I won't be able to do anything for the next couple of weeks so yeah i'll probably put the screening in here and like i said two weeks and i should be ready to mow by then too if i need mm-hmm. to you know yeah, we're mowing too so once we pull the tissue samples out of all the spots now i'm moving i'm mowing over the clover i'm not mowing my clover yeah yeah we're i might clip out. i might clip the tops maybe i said i got flowering like crazy so i've been paying attention to the cell cams and all my clovers flowered now is it now? Okay, because yeah. the I didn't have any flowering out here in the feed plot behind camp, and mm-hmm. now it's starting to flower up too. Yeah, everything's flowered up, so I'm gonna let uh, TJ mow it. It tells you maturity is happening. Yeah, get him involved with that. Get him mowing it, and I'll I'll do something else while he's mowing. Mm-hmm. So, um, maturation. So, yeah. So today's topic, um, I brought this up actually a little while ago to you. Um, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, had two questions this week, um, from two brand new hunters and they were asking, they were asking me, they found my YouTube channel or something and they were like, Hey, where do I start? I'm a brand new hunter. Like there's so much information out there. What do I do? What do I avoid? What do I try? And I want to make this podcast about that because it kind of changing subjects a little bit, but I think, um, it'll help a lot of people because I mean, hey, it might even help us kind of, you know, because I have no idea what you want to talk about. And right. you have no idea what my ideas are of, mm-hmm. of a new hunter. Um, and then also, um, we're officially in 47 states with oh, the podcast. Wow. Nice. Maryland is number one. It oh, finally right. bumped up. Illinois is number two. Huh. And PA is number three. Nice. So uh, I looked at the graph before we went live, and it's ever since we started back in December, it's steady, steady incline. So yeah. we're still we're doing the right thing. So, huh. um, so everybody listening, thanks for listening. And then uh, obviously, video version is on Chris's channel. And um, what do you got? What's your number one thing for a brand new hunter? Well, 
I'm going to skip the one thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say that gimmicks is one of the number one things I hate to see new hunters get involved in. Okay. So give, give, so give people many, listening an uh, example. Oh, there's so many gimmicks. I mean, how about – here's a hilarious one. Back in the day, someone came out with a scent. It was acorn scent. It was for turkey hunting. Mm. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that, man. I, I'm sure a turkey can smell something, but I don't think you're luring in a turkey with acorn scent. Well, I saw that's kind of like blinker blinker fluid. You know, yeah. So <laughs> anybody that's that's new listening to this, <laughs> what he just said with the acorn scent, I've seen people try to be scent free while turkey hunting because they don't want to spook deer. Mm. That's the reasoning that I, I see a lot of people doing that now. And I think going back to gimmicks and, and everything and what some of the things I've written down, but I think people are doing that because it's just another way for that person to promote like a scent free company or something. Right. You know, like, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm being scent free while turkey hunting. I don't want to spook my deer on the property. Well, dude, you're turkey hunting. You're calling. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're moving around like you're going to spook deer. It's not that big of a deal. Turkey hunting's in the spring. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about that. No. But how about how about the the clicker for the squirrels? Supposed to sound like nuts falling from a tree or something. Click, 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 click. I haven't seen that one. Supposed to sound like a deer chewing on a nut or a squirrel chewing a nut. Mm. (laughs) I have not seen that. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there, there's a lot of gimmicks out there and i and like i said one of the i mean i like the harrisburg show don't get me wrong i, I mean i like going and seeing all new products and stuff but if you're yeah. a brand new hunter and you walk through all those halls and you saw all that crap you would just freaking hit the door running because like the other thing i was going to mention a close runner up to gimmicks would be costs yes because everything costs so much right now, and they think they need these gimmicks that cost so much. You know, I mean, there's products out there that work. Don't get me wrong, but like the uh, these ozone machines and stuff like that. You know, yep. you're talking about dropping a five hundred dollar bill on something like that. Easy, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be sent free or whatever, or you know, I, I just. I hate to see people get steered wrong. Well, years ago, I bought one of those Ozonics um, mm-hmm. machines, and I, you know, I'm not. It's not that I was really into it, but I thought I was like, heck, you know, I'll, I'll buy it. Maybe it's it'll give me a little extra, little extra boost, you know. Right. And um, I hated the thing because. Really? It was one more thing that I had to carry in the woods and set up. The smell of it made, gave me massive headaches. I, didn't, I don't like the smell of that stuff. I don't either. Um, I know some people swear by them, but mm-hmm. then, I mean, I didn't see no difference. Obviously, you know, hunt the wind, yeah. wind shifts, wind changes, but it's I, I just don't see any benefit to it, really. When It's just a side note. When I was at the old weld shop that I used to 
work at and before they closed the doors down there was a maintenance man there that was doing like this pyramid scheme get rich quick thing Mm -hmm. and what they were selling was these ozone machines Mm -hmm. you're supposed to put this in your house and it's supposed to eliminate all the odors in your house and that and he's like you got to take this home for the weekend and try it and then you know i guarantee you you're gonna buy it you're gonna like it and i said well you know What's it smell like? I mean, does it put off something? He's like, oh, you won't even notice it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I brought that thing home and it just smelled like something like electrical fire was on, you know, like yeah. there was something electrical going. And when I took it back to him, I told him we unplugged the thing. We couldn't handle the stink. And he's like, oh, it's supposed to smell like a fresh, like, like lightning after a fresh rain. And I'm like, what does lightning after rain smell like? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, that's what it's supposed to smell like. I said, dude, it. It stunk. We didn't like it. We unplugged it. He's like, well, did it take the odor out of your house? I said, to be honest, we didn't run it long enough. We couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know ozone has benefits. I Back in the day, I went to a bunch of classes about, you know, ozone and HVAC and stuff like that. So I know that it kills germs and bacteria and stuff like right. that. But it does. You're, you're out in the wide open, like, and it's so, it smells so much of a concentration of ozone. Mm-hmm. Like I did have deer come downwind of me and they get downwind when the machine was running and they mm-hmm. would stop because they smelled it. It's, it's so much of a concentration. Yeah, you can um, smell. and then I actually had a doe kind of, kind of back off because she's, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. So well, that's another thing, you know, just going down my list of, of things with the gimmicks and the costs and like you start talking about like, camo clothing you know things that you're going to use uh there's how many brands of camo out there you know and and these guys will jump on facebook what's the best for this what's the best for that and you got a thousand different answers yeah facebook's your worst place to find information Mm -hmm. so many keyboard experts out there well my number one thing here not number one it's no order but my first thing on the list is just too much information on the internet yeah you know any any person that that uh is just getting into hunting i mean yeah that you can learn some stuff from the internet obviously mm-hmm. but you're going to get a hundred different answers to every situation for sure and for, i for think sure. what that person needs to focus on more is just going out into the woods mm-hmm. i mean fortunately i grew up in the woods when i was a kid squirrel hunting rabbit hunting and i think that would be an awesome thing for a new hunter to get into would be like small game hunting, you know, rabbits, squirrels, birds and stuff just to kind of teach them how to handle guns and just, just kind of like be in the outdoors, not yeah, necessarily you, deer hunting, but just being out there. You got a point there. Yeah. You know, that's, I don't know. They, they should start small and work their way up. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's what we did. Dad, dad broke us in on squirrel hunting, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where I, that's probably where they should start if they're new. Yeah. You know, That's where my dad, I mean, my dad took a squirrel hunting and, and rabbit hunting. I remember the first time out squirrel hunting and the weekend before we went, dad took us out. We had an old H&R break open, single shot, and he brought along a box of shells and he mm-hmm. made my brother and I just bang away. We, we shot a whole box of shells between the two of us. Yep. And... He's just like, he put up a cardboard box and said, shoot that box, you know? Well, then the next weekend he actually took us out in the woods and 
I just remember that first squirrel and I was just like so concentrated on aiming at that thing. Almost like I thought I was shooting a 22. Like, like I, like I had one projectile in that gun and I had to hit that squirrel. That's how concentrated I was on. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? There's like 80 some BBs in that shell. Why? Just pull the trigger, man. So I let it rip and boom, the squirrel went flying. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I made this. Mm-hmm. I made, see, that's another thing. They make, you make it too hard on yourself, you know, listening to other people. Because mm-hmm. everybody has these standards and they'll give you all this advice. And then you got to try to live up to your buddy, you know, keep up with the Jones. Dude, just go out and do your thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, My dad wasn't a hunter at all. But I wanted to get into it, so he he just did it, you know, yeah. to to take me. He took you um, out. Yeah, but bird, you know, Mentor birds you. and yeah, rabbits, squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't kill a lot of rabbits, uh, but we killed a lot of squirrels. Now that my dad took me out, you know, when we were young, but uh, it lit a fire in me, and he didn't go very much. He was always busy around the house or working on a car or something, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was able, when I was old enough to hunt on my own, I took off, man. Yeah. Had my my hunting license and my own car. Yeah. Boom. I was, I was hunting all the time. Yeah. It it lit a fire in me. But you know what? I don't, I don't small game hunt at all now. I don't either. I don't. No, I don't either. And to be honest, I don't even know if I'm going to turkey hunt anymore. Turkeys do not. I don't know, man. (laughs) <laughs> you you quit. I, I quit on them this year. I still had three days left to hunt, and I quit on them. I I threw in the towel. They you had quit. hens. They had hens all season here. I could not compete. Well, I got you so didn't frustrated. You didn't go the opening week. Yeah, I didn't. The very first day, I didn't go, and then this the second week I went. There was other people there or on this land, and they spooked the birds. Mm-hmm. And then it was just all downhill from there. It was so hard to hunt these birds once they got pressurized, you know. Uh, but the hens didn't help. That was for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, my next thing is for a challenge to a new hunter is everything's so expensive. Yes, that's what I had costs. Um, being Being a hunter now. It, I mean, people say that it's a rich man's sport. Um, it can be. Um, it depends, obviously, what gear you buy and stuff and how much you want to put into it. But, like, yeah. de- like, deer hunting for me is, like, is my life. That's all I think about. That's all I want to do. So I, I have spent a lot of money on gear and stuff like that. But it's investment and mm-hmm. because that's what I like to do. But for a hunter, I mean, you got, especially if you want to decide to rifle hunt, shotgun hunt bow hunt um it can get pricey i mean a dozen a dozen arrows you know a three a three pack of broadheads are like 40 bucks Um, i was fortunate enough when i was 12 that dad went out and my gift at 12 was a 30 30 rifle and that's how i started deer hunting Mm -hmm. now as far as archery went uh dad had this old bear what is a bear i think it's called a bear grizzly if I, I don't know i could be wrong but it's an old fiberglass recurve or something from way back in the i think 50s 60s anyhow that's what i whacked my first deer with 
and that was i was hooked ever since then uh archery wise my Hence first the name sticker my first um deer was with a pse nova oh my dad had one of them i was 14 years old single cam yep had the zebra that, strings on it i love that it, thing you know what it was slow but a very good bow i mean we're talking very accurate 20 some years ago 20 years ago dad still has one in a case somewhere yeah i think i it ended looks up, like brand new <laughs> i think i ended up i took that bow to a bow shop to get it tuned up or something and they told me that the limbs were cracked oh yeah they had, they had like some kind of microscopic tears or i might have been a way to sell me a new bow but probably um I ended up buying a Bowtech 340. Hmm. Um, hated that bow. Hated it. I never had a Bowtech. Had it. it. It was terrible to shoot. Um, it was one of them speed bows. Had a short brace height. And it was just very hard to shoot. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many options out there for hunters. It's like, what the heck do you shoot? Start yeah. start small. I mean, shoot. The bow I got now is like eight years old. It's a yeah. uh, a prime a prime rise. I killed dozens of deer with it. So, yeah, you don't, need, I mean, I, you don't need to go crazy. No, you don't. And I, the, actually, the, the bow in that picture back there behind my head, mm -hmm. right there with that bear, is a PSE Carol's 3D Dominator. And that came with steel cables and round energy wheels. And I cracked limbs. I went to an IBO shoot. I called ahead to the rep, said, hey, can you fix me up? He said, bring it. And that's when the second leg was up in Erie. And the rep put new limbs on it. And he swapped me over to a string and cable with hatchet cams. Mm. Oh, man. We used to call that bow the meat stick. Because it has quite a number of notches in it. That nice. thing that's killed a lot of deer. I still have it. It's hanging right beyond the wall here. Nice. Yeah. Thing, what else you got on the list? What I got? I got I had it back in ninety five. Okay, next on 95? the list. Yeah. I got I was that one year. Back I was one year old. You're young. You look old, but you're young. Young and handsome. <laughs> okay. Next on my list was we got? where to hunt. And what I mean by that is, no, I don't mean public or private, which that's a whole other spe you know, spectrum, but gaining access to public lands or should you go you know, to public land or can you acquire some private land and things, um, that can be a challenge depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. Like when I lived in Pittsburgh and you, I had this passion to hunt, but there was 10 acres of woods in the city where I lived. And I bought two of it was all I could legally hunt because the other eight acres was owned by tree huggers that if they saw you in there, they would call the police on you. So, yeah, where to hunt, uh, having a place to go. Uh, that's confusing for a new person. And they don't know what if they've never hunted before, they don't know what they're looking for, you know. Tree stand, ground blind. What do I do? You know. Um, well, I think um, I hunt near a creek. You know, I read this in a magazine. Should I try this? You know, that type of thing. Well, I think that's where you know a new person can get some information is on the internet about that. But um, 
it all goes back to you just being in the woods, scouting, learning how deer move, use trails, you know, just spending the time out. It's not something you can learn in a day. Obviously, the best thing a new person could do is take on an older person to mentor them. Yeah, that's the best thing you could do. Yeah, find someone you trust and, you know, will not steer you wrong and and stick with them and let them teach you something. Mm -hmm. Here's something that kind of like you do with me. I teach you everything. You just stick with me. Here we go. Um, Here's something that that will really screw a person up. And uh, it's each area, each state, each property, whether you're on the East Coast or Central, you have to hunt a certain way. Mm. Like each property, like say say you have public land. Well, you can just willy-nilly through the public land set up. If you screw, screw an area up, you can just walk 300 yards and hunt a new spot. Public land is different. You can't just go busting through the public land because, or the private land that say you have 40 acres because that's the only 40 acres you have to hunt. Right. You have to hunt it differently. Hmm. You know, you have to be cautious so you don't, you know, spook the deer and everything like that. And I know guys that'll try to, sometimes you can push it, you know, hunt further in when, you know, when a rut comes and stuff like that. But my method is kind of just hunt on the outsides, you know, less intrusive. You know, bring the deer to you, you know, if you're if you're using food plots or something. But um, I just think each area, you using know, whether that, you're using that acorn scent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether you're hunting, you know, big woods areas, you're going to hunt that different compared to ag areas. You know, you have to learn the property and realize just because one person is hunting a certain way, 500 miles away, doesn't mean you can hunt the same way. Right. Hunting public land. And hunting private land is completely different. Well, like we said earlier, you know, listen, listening to everybody's opinions is is going to be a downfall. Mm-hmm. They need to just get out there and do it. You yep. know, you're gonna you're gonna learn most by being out there and scouting and doing stuff yourself. But like I said, if you have a mentor, they yeah. could guide you through that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But the yeah. you know, there's, it, that's still a challenge because that new hunter. They're going to be like, oh, well, I read this online or I saw this person doing this or, or something. But what you need to what that person needs to do is, like you said, focus on that mentor. Find mm-hmm. find somebody you can trust. Do what that somebody that's successful. Follow what they do. Do what they say and learn from them. Yeah. How about this? How about like morning or evening sits? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm more I'm. I'm a better evening sitter. Um, I haven't shot that many deer in the mornings, to be honest. Oh, I've shot funny. I shot both my bucks last year in the mornings. Oh, yeah. Man, first first time I've done that. I've shot more deer after lunchtime than anything. Mm, Majority of my success would be in the afternoon as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't kill a whole lot in the mornings. Well, first of all, I work every day, dang near, you know. Uh, the only time I can hunt a morning is a Saturday morning. Um, and we can't hunt Sundays in PA. So you you don't have a Monday there or a Sunday there to hunt, you know? So, but that's a whole nother subject. 
I'm not going to get into that. We got all kind of hate mail over that before <laughs> talking about the pros and cons of Sunday hunting. But, uh, yeah, I'm more of an evening guy. A lot of it has to do is there, with having no agriculture around me. It would be a little easier to hunt mornings if I had fields of agriculture and then I could set up, you know, going away from the field, going back to a, to a uh, bedding area or something. But mm -hmm. we don't have that. We don't have that. Even the food plots that I plant, those deer, as soon as it, you know, if it starts to even get light, they're gone. They're gone. You don't, you don't see deer out in the fields in the morning normally. Well, they're going back to bed. Yeah, they're, 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 you've got to be pretty deep in the woods somewhere and figure out where they're going. That's where trail cameras comes in handy sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. you can sometimes pattern them going back to bed and you don't have to sit up that way. But, you know, there again, like I said, I'm, I'm more of an evening guy, but. Yeah, I mean, for a new hunter, realize that in the afternoons, you're you're hunting the deer coming out the feed yeah in the mornings most times unless you're in the rut or something um you're catching the deer coming back back from eating from eating they're feeding out yeah. you know majority of the night and yeah. the, the idea is you catch them coming off those food sources transitioning wherever mm -hmm. they're transitioning through back to bed yep. so that work work travel corridors basically yeah that's the to and different. from that's the difference between the two for yeah. a, a new hunter. I like afternoons better. Um, you know, during a rut, I've had a lot of success in the mornings, but I'd say overall success would be afternoons mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. I'm so, an evening guy. I am too. So what do you think? You think we beat that dead horse? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I hopefully I'm that I'm good. Hope, yeah. Hopefully that helps, you know, some guys, I think, I think the takeaway from it is again, just being out there, mm -hmm. be in the woods, hunt, set up and fail, you know, get, you know, spook a deer, you know, in your stand, realize what you did wrong, real play the wind, um, see how the deer react, you know, try to be stealthy um, and just be out there. Just yeah. try, just get out there as much as you can and, uh, don't try to compete with anybody, you know, learn your own ways and you can decide yourself if you want to be, you know, a trophy hunter or you just want to have fun and shoot whatever, yeah. because both is fine. Here's my takeaways. <clears throat> Buy the best equipment you can afford without going in debt and, <laughs> and, go in travel as lightly as you can at first and add gimmicks as you think you need them mm -hmm. you know if you feel like you could use something okay go get it but don't don't listen to everybody else at first and you have all this equipment okay i'm going hunting and you look like a pack mule going into the woods yeah you don't need much you don't need a whole lot to get started yeah you know just but get what you can afford and practice 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 first I will, of all i will say this too is uh i'm big on communication so i always take my phone with me because i've had you know i've had friends over the years that fell out of stands and stuff so if you're a guy that's hunting alone 
just take your phone with you. That's um, a good point. Yeah. You know, text, call somebody. There's actually iPhones now. Well, you can do it for a while, but you can share your location with people so they can see where you're at 24-7. Um, share it with your wife, girlfriend, whatever, daughter, yeah. son. Just let them know where you're at. Um, yeah. It's true. You know what I mean? Be safe. You know, you, you, of course, you want to come home in one piece. That's a, that's a whole other thing. You you can't take that advice from anybody. Yeah. Be safe. Definitely, for sure. Come home in one piece. Yeah, so, so you can um, try it all again. Yeah, that's it. On another day. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm going to keep everybody updated this over this weekend where I'm going to get them analysis test done. I got to print. Interesting. I got to print the forms out today, and then I'm going to ship those out Monday morning, and I should have email results hopefully by Wednesday or Thursday. So you're gonna work TJ like a dog. I am. So they're probably yep. So there'll probably be the results. Probably won't be on next week's podcast. There'll be two weeks podcast from now. We'll go over the entire situation, and I will have a YouTube video about it as well. Okay. So that's all I got today. All right, episode 23, all done. Later, Gator. See ya.